0: If the king
1: in the north decided to honor God, guess what? He was blessed. If the kings in the south decided to honor God, guess what? They were blessed. Nothing has changed. Jesus Christ died for our sins, for sinners. That if we have faith in Jesus Christ, all our sins are forgiven. And if we follow him, we shall be blessed. Jesus came to give us abundant life. And it's only through him. What mankind needs, what this world needs, is the forgiveness of sins. And if man was to surrender their hearts to him, they have the opportunity to live a life more abundantly. There are people in this room, there are people who are watching that are living proof of that reality. Jesus came to give us life. But Satan has blinded this world. And so we preach Jesus that their eyes might be open, spiritually opened. And so the northern kings had a choice, the southern kings had a choice, and King Ahaz was one of the most wicked kings in the southern kingdom. And the southern kingdom of Judah is the only side that had, it's the only kingdom that had some good kings come out of it, but King Ahaz, as we've been reading, is one of the most wicked that has come out of the southern kingdom of Judah. We know that rather than honor Yahweh, he followed after the pagan gods of the nations around him that God, you know, removed from the land of, on behalf of his people and gave them that land and told them, don't do what the nations of the world are doing that I'm casting away from you. But King Ahaz, he, he followed them and he was a young king and followed in the ways of the kings of the northern kingdom of Israel. And even to the extent where he gave his children, forced his children to walk in the fires of pagan sacrifice. So he aborted his kids. And really the Bible says that he, that, that he made them walk through. The, so this was, this was a very terrible act. And like I said, he was a wicked king. So rather than being blessed, God's judgment was upon King Ahaz and it was upon Judah And in our last story, we read how the king of Israel, Pekah, along with Rezin, the king of Syria, came together against of Judah. They could not. uh, They came to make war, but they and they besieged Jerusalem, but they could not prevail against King Ahaz at that time. But they had in the previous time prevailed against him terribly because of the judgment of God. Israel came down south and attacked Judah and took a, and killed hundred and twenty thousand men from Judah in one day. And they even took away two hundred women and children, two hundred thousand, into Samaria, the northern kingdom. And if it wasn't for the prophet Oded, who told him to release them, they were still their brethren they would have been taken into captivity but in our story they're back again and they're back at it they're coming down and this time they could not prevail king um, ahaz reached out to the king of assyria and asked him for help and told him i am your servant and your son come up and save me from these kings who have risen against me and King Ahaz took some of the money in the Lord's treasury from the Lord's house, the silver and the gold, and even from the treasuries of his own house, and he sent it to the king of Assyria for help. And we're told that, uh, that the king of Assyria heeded him, for the king of Assyria went up against Damascus. Took it and carried its people captive to Ker and killed Rezin. And so the Assyrian king, this uh, pagan king, came to help the southern king Ahaz. And it's a sad thing that this king, who could have had it all, who had every opportunity to be blessed by God, has now become the servant of a pagan king. And it's a very you know, tragic reality for these kings that if they did not honor God but tried to get themselves out of their own problems through their sending money and paying off their enemies or paying off kings to help them, then it was a statement that they didn't trust in God. It was a statement that the God of Yahweh was not enough for him. And that's where this king is. He didn't trust the Lord. He didn't believe that God can help him. But rather, he saw, you know, greater honor in the gods of this world, greater honor in what ma- the men of this world can do for him. And so rather than being, you know, this honorable king, king of faith, king where, where God can move mountains for him, he became not the, tail, I mean, not the head, but the tail. Not the source of blessings for others, but really a picture of God's judgment. And it's super sad to see him, you know, come under a life of bondage and servitude. Um, and, and also in wasting God's money and wasting the money of the palace. And these were all uh, forms of blessings that God had given Judah. All gone because this guy decided to worship like the world rather than to, than to worship the Lord. And so we read in verse 10, now King Ahaz went to Damascus to meet this king, Tiglath-Pilzer, uh, king of Assyria, and saw an altar that was at Damascus. And King Ahaz sent to Urijah the priest, the design of the altar and its pattern according to all its workmanship." Then Urijah the priest, built the altar according to all that, the king, that king Ahaz had sent him from Damascus. So Urijah the priest, made it before King Ahaz came back from Damascus. And so we see here that King Ahaz traveled up to meet the king in person from Assyria, the king that's helping him, this um, Tiglath-Pilzer, uh, king of Assyria. And when he was there, he saw the altar, some pagan altar, this huge pagan altar, and he was in awe of it. And, you know, if you think about, if you just meditate and think about this king and his whole psyche, we can come to the conclusion that he, he thinks that this, this king who has helped them is honorable. This king that has helped them is powerful, because he doesn't have faith in the God of Israel, but rather in this man who has achieved, you know, victory over his enemies. He took Damascus from the king of Syria. This is, this is who this king from Assyria is. And Ahaz is in awe. I don't believe just of that altar, but of this king. Because this king in his eye was a guy who... Who, who had victories, who had power. And the Assyrian empire really takes control in history during this time. He was in awe of them. And it's sad to me when this person whose awe and whose um, honor should be towards the God of Israel, Yahweh, it's rather wasted on this man that God, our God has just created he can do nothing. He can't save his own life. God can take him out just like that. But here's this king who's supposed to honor God is rather giving that honor to this pagan king. It's super sad. It's terrible to see um, that uh, take place. And he was you know, so in awe of this man that he drew a sketch and sent the sketch of the altar down to Urijah the, the high priest. That's how in awe of um of the king of Assyria that Ahaz was it is sad like I said when those who are supposed to honor God are giving worship to the things of this world giving worship to the great achievements of this world the great achievers of this world the great men and women of this world now, all of us, it's natural to um, be in awe of some of the feats that men have done throughout history. I'm not saying that we cannot appreciate, you know, great works of men throughout history, but to worship the achievers, to worship the great achievements, to worship the great buildings, to, gro- to worship the champions, it's something different. And there's a lesson without a doubt that we are not to worship anyone but the Lord. Anyone but the Lord. We are in awe of a lot of things. There's a lot of wonderful um, achievements. We put a man on the moon. We've built amazing um, technological Um, you know, things in this world. We've done amazing things. And there's men and women who have done great things. And we can, you know, look at their achievements and say, that's awesome, that's a blessing. But we know who gave them the brains and the strength to do that. It's our Lord, it's our God. So though we can appreciate great achievements and, and great achievers, we can appreciate that, absolutely. But to worship them, it's not for us. And the closer we get to Christ, the the more the the glory of this world fades away, all the shiny objects, all the things, all the achievements. We see things through the lens of our God as we worship him and no one else but him, then we have a right perspective. It's sad, though, when those who call themselves believers are, are just so wanting to fit in with the with the in crowd or with those of this world in proverbs 24 it says verses 1 through 5 it says do not be envious of evil men nor desire to be with them for their heart devises violence and their lips talk of troublemaking through wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established by knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches a wise man is strong, yes. A man of knowledge increases in strength. The writer of the Proverbs warns us, do not envy evil men. You know, you can appreciate achievements, you can appreciate great feats, but but don't worship people. Don't worship people. Don't let people take, you know, a... a you know, priority of your soul, of your spirit, of your emotions. Let God be who he is meant to be. God, the one true living God. We need to give him preeminence of our of our lives in all ways. And I think then we can have a healthy appreciation for for things, you know, in this world that we happen to live in. In Psalm 49, verse 20 it says that a man who is in honor yet does not understand is like the beast that perishes. A man who is in honor yet does not understand is like a beast that perishes. So he's jocking the king of Assyria. Victory over Syria. Victory over Israel. He's jocking them. And it's pathetic. It's sad. It's not good growing up without the lord or instruction in the bible you know i got a big yeah i was always excited when it came to celebrity if i ever run it, ran into a celebrity i was just like ah celebrity and it blew me away how clarissa was never that way my wife and and when we got married i'd say oh look at this person or that person and she was always like yeah you know, oh, that's nice, but never really like, I think the term is fanboying or whatever, never really overly impressed with celebrity. And I, the more I walk with the Lord, the less I am impressed with celebrity. The more I understand that God has blessed people with certain talents and he's the one to get the glory. I love I love tennis. My favorite tennis player is Roger Federer. He's got an amazing backhand, one-hander. And, you know, what, 20 grand slams. Nadal, too, is another one of my favorites. But I don't know their status with the Lord. But to me, that's what's important. Not just how good they can hit a tennis ball. But I am a fan. Same for the Dodgers. I'm wearing the championship shirt because I... I'm a Dodger fan, but I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I know Kershaw knows the Lord. I pray the rest of the guys come to know Jesus Christ because that's important. Achievements are one thing, but if you don't know the Lord, you can have honor in achievements, but when you die, you're gone. You're gone. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7 says, And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. God warned them. God warns us. Don't become an idolater. Don't put anything above Christ. Not even our family members. Not even our children. Our children are a gift from the Lord. Our spouses are a gift from the Lord. Not We're not to worship. I'm going to put the Lord first. And we see here that he sent the design of this altar and the pattern of it, its workmanship, to uriah the, the priest, it says here. But Uriah, guys, was the high priest. Isn't that sad? uriah the high priest built an altar, um, or it says here that um, he sent it to him and then Uri- yeah in verse 11 uh, Urijah the priest built an altar according to all that the king that King Ahaz had sent from Damascus so Urijah the priest made it before King Ahaz came back from Damascus and so we see here where the state of the priesthood is in the southern kingdom of Judah that Uriah, when he received from the messengers the sketch of this altar, he built it rapidly even before the king came back from Damascus. I mean, this shows you how far um, they had fallen into um, idolatry. We read a few chapters ago that the high priest actually rebuked at the time, rebuked, Um, Ahaz's grandfather Uzziah because he went into the temple to light incense on the altar of incense and they they rushed him at that time and said you're not to do that and so he he you know retreated and the Lord struck him with leprosy but here two generations later the high priest has gone so far into pagan worship along with King Ahaz that it's just detrimental for the southern kingdom of Judah. What's sad is that the high priest's job, the priests, the prophets, the Levites, those who serve the Lord, their job was to hold the kings accountable for their actions. Their job was to stand like the high priest did two generations prior, to stop the king from doing evil. But Uriah was not that way. He had compromised. The priesthood was compromised in our story. Judah's in big trouble. Rather than stopping King Ahaz, he became an accomplice and even built the altar. Got it going for him. Got it built up even before the king came back down. It's a reminder for us, as the Bible says, that for those who believe in Jesus Christ, we are kings and priests unto our Lord. That's, those are the, the titles and really the job description of us when we're in heaven, that we are kings and priests unto our Lord. And as we're here, God is preparing us to be salt and light, to hold the priesthood, priesthood accountable, but also the government, especially in this country, the government. We are to keep the church accountable. We are to keep the presidents accountable, the leadership of our country accountable. And we see here that this man is not doing that. Rather than stopping him, like I said, he's an accomplice to doing evil. In communist China, it is illegal for the church to, to gather together. And so they gather underground in secret. Because God calls them to gather. God calls the church to gather together, to edify one another, to care for one another. But yet they know God's word to honor God rather than man. If the government is trying to stop the church from gathering, then they have biblical, a biblical stance to go against that. We're to honor the authority above us, Romans 13. However, if the authority above us calls its people to do evil against God or or prevents the church from worshiping the Lord, then we have to stand against it. That's what's going on uh, in China. That's what's going on in many parts of the world. And that's why there's such an issue in our country today. In Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, it says that when Peter and John were before the religious leadership in Jerusalem, they said, they called them Peter and uh, John together and commanded them not to speak at all or to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. And also in Acts chapter 5, after they rearrested them, this time along with the rest of the apostles, they said to them in Acts 5.28, did we not strictly command you to not teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and says, we ought to obey God rather than man. Very beautiful verses, very, to tell authority, we have to continue doing what the Lord has called us to do. We as a church, we had no problem shutting down when COVID uh, first struck. We, we shut down like everyone else in May. But once time passed and we began to see the hypocrisy of the governors, that other things were being opened, that people were able to to you know socialize in other places of our country then we can clearly see that we were being uh, excluded and picked on as being non-essential so we reopened our doors for those reasons because we see that other places have been open and then there's so much data going on between doctors and scientists and the cdc and a lot all, all of it's turned political it's hard to put your your hand on what is legit and what is not legit but the cdc as late as as september the the end of september early october said that uh the survival rate of covid was in the 99s for ages 0 to 19 it was 99.997 from ages 20 to 49 it was 99.98 from ages 50 to 69 99.5 from ages 70 and above 94 percent survival rate and so many have said we need to open up our country it's hurting people more than it's doing good so all of this is out there and with prayer and with focus on the word of God and also the country that we live in where the constitution it begins with that beautiful we the people of the United States right in order to form a more perfect union establish justice ensure domestic tranquility provide for the common defense promote the general welfare and secure the blessing of liberty to ourselves and our posterity do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America we the people established the United States constitution we the people hold the government accountable for their actions. And this is why this uh, political season has been so um, dramatic and because of the legislation proposals of the Democrat Party, the abortions, the tearing down of marriage between a man and a woman, so on and so forth, the rights and all all of the freedoms that we enjoy. And so that's why the church stood up. That's why I preach from the pulpit that, you know, we have to honor God. We have to honor his word. He hates the shedding of innocent blood. He hates the fact that abortion takes place in this country. He hates it. It's an abomination. We know that without a doubt. We know that without a doubt that sexual immorality is an abomination to the Lord, whether it's adultery, whether it's, it's fornication, that's sex before marriage.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab.